0: I was about 13 years old when, and we had a uh, small youth group. And um, back then, uh, Pastor Morrow he mentioned to us. He says, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be hiring a youth pastor." Apparently, we were unmanageable. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but he soon came on. He and Mrs. Williams and um, and it wasn't very long. Our hearts were knit. Uh, he taught me to go soul winning. He taught me how to how to uh, work a bus route. Taught me how to. Singing on the bus and how to just all the many things taught me how to serve because he was a servant. He was a great example, a great mentor, and I love him with my heart. And I owe so much to him. And uh, uh, when you talk about having heroes, um, he's one. He was one. He is one of my heroes, and always been and always will be. He's been such a great, consistent, uh, consistent man of God, no matter where he's at, no matter where in Iowa, in California. No matter where he's at, he's a man of God. He's just uh, been a great blessing to my, uh, my family, my life. He was instrumental. Uh, he took us down to camp. And uh, that's not the funnest place to go sometimes. It's kind of warm down there. But that's where I met my wife. And uh, just how God uses people. And he has used, he has used his life in, in, in this church in so many ways. And, and though he's been gone, what, 20 how many years? 22 years. Uh, God's work in his life is still manifested here. And it will continue for generations. And I'm so glad that he, we were able to bring him back here uh, to preach to us this morning. And I'm excited about hearing it. And so you come and preach to us. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Joe's going to hang out.
1: Joe's going to hang out, right? Don't, don't go anywhere. <laughs> I got so confused during the offertory. I uh, thought the brown piano was playing. It was actually the black one. And, uh, and, uh, actually a better sounding piano, just so you know, and, uh, and the soloists, wow, what in the world? And, uh, you know, I hate to follow an act like that. That's, uh, the cross, man. I'm so excited about the cross right now. And, uh, just to hear that kind of music, but I'm so thankful for this place. Uh, take your Bibles, turn to John chapter three, John chapter three, and we're going to read just a few verses and then we'll turn to John chapter 20 here in just a minute. It's good to see everybody. There's so many faces that uh, are old faces, and literally old faces, and uh, and uh, some that are new. And uh, I'm so thankful for what God's doing here. And uh, thank, I love the church. I just love being a part of church, and I love the music when it starts playing. I just love everything about church. And uh, there were, years ago, I, I had a bus route in uh, Anamosa. and if you you know where Anamosa is, right? And I, would go there and visit in this apartment complex and there was a, a bunch of girls. Every time I went there, they were laying on the sidewalk and I'd say, Hey, you got to come to church. You got to come to church. And they'd say, they say no, church is boring. And I'd say the same, you're laying on a sidewalk. <laughs> okay? And, uh, anyhow, I remember, I remember it's good to see Brenda this morning and, uh, I used to make fun of you on the sidewalk, you remember that, and uh, called her my sidewalk child, and uh, been praying for you, and I mean that. Uh, I can relate to what you're going through, and uh, really not, you're you're doing far extreme of what I did, but uh, so thankful you're here this morning, you made that effort, and a lot of memories, isn't it? A lot of memories, uh, coming by and visiting, encouraging you to be in church, and I remember she went off to Hiles Anderson, uh, married a guy, and how many kids now? Two. And uh, what a blessing. What a blessing. And how God uses, uses people. And uh, that's just a blessing. And John chapter 3, let's read those verses in verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're going to dwell on the word believe today. Let me just go on here. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Look at verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. And if you would, I'll have you turn over to uh, uh, John chapter 20. I love the book of John, love reading it. I've studied it many times. If you're a new Christian, I encourage you to read it, read it often and to to know about your salvation. If you're not saved this morning, I'm going to encourage you to listen to the words of God, uh, to believe on him, to believe on him. I encourage you even to go home and get a Bible and to read through the book of John. I was 13 years of age when I got saved and my youth pastor told me I needed to read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. And he said, I asked him, where do I start? It was the book of John he told me to start in. And he said, it's easy to understand. It talks about you being saved and all the promises God gives you in the book of John. It's a great book of the Bible. And we're going to come to that story here in just a minute. I'm going to pray, and I hate to do this to you, but I'm going to sing a song. It's not Hallelujah Square, just so you know. And, uh, but I'm going to sing a song just because I feel like singing. And uh, poor Joe. Uh, he has to put up with me here. He's like, Do, are we doing it or are we not doing it? And uh, he came upset at the piano. And he's like, okay, now I'm just hanging out there. But uh, uh, can I have one of these mics? Is that, is that possible to have a mic? Okay, good. Let's pray here. Heavenly Father, thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for the opportunity just to be here, to be a part of the service here. And Lord, may you again use these moments. Maybe somebody here doesn't know you as Savior. Be a great day to make that a positive thing to talk about the rest of their life this Sunday uh, on Valentine's weekend, Lord, just to trust you as Savior. What a great day to get saved. Lord, I pray that you'll be with us, those that have visited, those that have been here. uh, I don't know who it is, but somebody needs you. Lord, I pray that I'll help them today to look at your word in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: I have started out to follow Jesus Every day, every hour I want to be Just a little more like my blessed Savior What a wonderful Savior is He Oh wonderful, wonderful is Jesus He gave his life on cruel Calvary.
0: He'll be there when I start
2: to cross the Jordan. What a wonderful Savior is he. In his footsteps I will always follow. In his ever gracious presence I would be storms of life may rage my lord will guide me what a wonderful savior is he oh wonderful wonderful is jesus he gave his life on cruel calvary he'll be there when i start to cross the jordan what a wonderful savior is he what a kind and faithful savior is he wonderful oh so wonderful wonderful is jesus
1: I love, I love singing. I love it when I get an opportunity. They did not know I was going to sing. I just took over, just so you know. And uh, poor Joe, uh, we practiced this morning. I handed him music, and he looked at it. He didn't know the song. But he uh, just plays like he knows everything. And uh, very talented. I'm so thankful for that. And uh, I, love, I love hearing Amanda sing. And uh, that was fun. I enjoyed that. And uh, the duet was gorgeous. And uh, the soloist, uh, who's the soloist that, uh, that sang over here? Zach? Zane. Zane. And wow, that is just powerful. And uh, what a long song. I can't even sing that long. And uh, man, what a, what a powerhouse. I enjoyed that. Take your Bible and turn it to John chapter 20 if you're not already there. John chapter 20. And we're going to, again, center on the word believe or the statement, I believe God. I believe God. So we're going to go to a story here. Jesus has been crucified, and he's going to show himself to the disciples. But look at uh, verse uh, 24. It says, but Thomas, one of the 12, let's back up a few. Go to verse 21. Then said Jesus unto them again, peace be unto you as uh, thy father hath sent me. Uh, even so send I you. And when he had said thus, uh, he, believe, uh, he uh, breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Verse 23, uh, whose, Whosoever sins ye, ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever uh, sins uh, ye retain, they shall be retained. Verse 24, But Thomas, that's kind of most of us, you want to know the truth. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples, uh, disciples, therefore, uh, said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall uh, 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 shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my fingers into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Doubting Thomas. I will not believe. Let's go on here. Verse 26. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then uh, came Jesus, the doors being shut. <laughs> I like I, I, the way the Bible emphasizes Jesus walked in, but the doors were shut. <laughs> oh, wow. And, uh, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas. So now Thomas said, I will not believe, lest I see it. Lest I see him, and I put my hands, and as soon as Jesus walks in, and Thomas is saying, what does Jesus do? He goes directly to Thomas. Directly to Thomas. He says, he saith unto Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach uh, hither thy uh, thy hand, and thrust it uh, into my side. And be not faithless but believing and be not faithless, but believing. I do not know where you stand when it comes to believing God, whatever subject we were to talk about. If there's times where you are the faithless or you're the believing, I don't know about you. I want to be on the believing side all the time. We're praying for something. Well, I want to believe that God's going to do it, but how many times we're over here on the faithless side, Jesus says here, the difference in this whole story, the difference when he touched God, you'll notice the the next verse there, and Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. Before he wasn't believing, but once he touches, see, I don't know what the difference is. I don't know what the difference is in your life, but I do know this. The difference in faithless and believing is a touch. I'm going to try to help you today to be on the believing side. And when you're not on the believing side, how do I get to the believing side? I'll be honest with you, uh, we all have time, you know, preacher says something, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. We're on that faithless side. Hopefully you're listening, guys, up, front, up top here. Just listen, okay? Let's not distract from the preaching of this book. It's very important. The faithless. Many of us are over here. Now, I love the day that I trusted Christ as my Savior. That day where I got on my knees and I asked Christ to save me, and I believed wholly on Christ. I remember a man named Mitch took the Bible and showed me I was a sinner, headed for a place called hell with no hope. But Jesus came, lived a perfect life, went to Calvary, died there, shed his blood, and rose again so that I could trust wholly in him. Well, I'm so thankful as a little bus kid, 13-year-old bus kid, somebody showed me how I could be on the believing side. Now I'm going to try to help you uh, by using this story of doubting Thomas, who sees Jesus walk into the room, who's amazed by that. And then Jesus walks right to him and says, Just you said you would believe if you touched. He said, my my Lord and my God. When's the last time you've been humbled? Because most of the time we're faithless over here it's because we're trusting our mind or what we think instead of what the Bible says. And the Bible always sends us to our knees. The perfect example is I I could be a a teenager. I'm sitting on a table in a gym and a man named Larry Harvey comes over to talk to me about salvation he sits down next to me. I've got the, uh, big curly hair. I have nothing now. I, I nothing like the pink-suited guy. That was weird. Okay, and uh, I don't know who that was, but I'm just kidding. But I I, I remember sitting there, and I I, I was unchurched. I, I'll be honest with you. I could tell you Bible stories. I had been in Sunday school all my life. But as a thirteen-year-old boy, I was getting to the point. Where I just didn't want to be—I just didn't want to be in church. I was there; they invited me, uh, to ride a bus. I was having fun with the other teenagers, made some friends. But I'm sitting on a table in the gym, and this new youth pastor walks in, sits next to me, and his first statement was, "If you die today, do you know for sure you go to heaven?" Come out. I said, "No. I, I don't know that I know that. You know, I've been baptized. You know how people do. I've, I've been baptized. I know I went through all these statements." And then he told me, he says, what you need to do is trust Christ. And he went through the salvation plan. He told me, now you just need to trust Christ. Would you like to bow your head and trust Christ? And I started laughing. No. Crazy preacher. What in the world? (laughs) I could see it. I could see me sitting there. I could see me chuckling. This guy preaching at me. What in the world? I'm not in church. I'm just sitting in the gym. For a year. Every time he saw me. You ready to get saved, Kevin? You ready to trust Christ your Savior? Ah. Ah. I was at a great church, great soul-winning church. I remember sitting at camp. And the preacher up there started saying statements just like my preacher. My youth pastor would say this, and they, they're up there t- telling me I needed to trust Christ. And then it hit me. I could die and go to hell. I want to get saved. That was the day Mitch led me to Christ. I went from faithless to believing. Maybe. I don't know about you, perfect example of what I need to do with every stage of my life. When is the last time you disbelieved God? Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see how I could save myself or what, what life had ahead of me, but I'll tell you what, when they show me what Christ said, then I was on the believing side. The touch. So, what does what it come down to, this touch? God touching you. We're going to take just a few minutes and go through some things. I want more than anything for you to know that God is on your side. God is cheering for you, God wants you to get saved. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Every person in here, whatever subject, if it's salvation, if it's just your marriage, if it's just your marriage, listen to me, just your marriage, yeah, whatever it is in your life, you need to believe God. It's a great statement. Believe God. Well, how do I do that? Now, I'm hoping by the time we leave here today, I'll have taught you some things that will help you to believe God. I need somebody to help me. Joe, you'll help me, won't you? And Joe, Joe come up. I like it when he just volunteered. He raised his hand really quick and uh okay he didn't but uh he held the door when i got here this morning just oh well, no he didn't let me in that's what it was okay i i need something i need you to show us how to do something i'm i'm sure you're proficient at a stick horse yes. are you okay so so if you can go down on the main floor and show us how to ride it just right across the front for me can, can, yeah. hey it's very good let's give you my hand that's awesome Keep going, keep going. I didn't say stop. How long should I make him ride? So, Are we videotaping this? Make sure you get a close-up. Get a close-up. Can I help you here as he rides the horse? Just a few more seconds if you can. This, Keep riding. This is a lot of our Christianity right here. We got our little stick horse. We know how to go to church. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I just love picking on people. I appreciate you doing that for me. Uh, if you'll come up here and just have a seat with your stick horse for me, okay? Now, I'm gonna, up here. A lot of you sitting here, your Christianity is just a stick horse. It's fake. Be real sweet. Do you believe God? You're... The, it's like the, the stick horse, you're on that faithless side. Don't get me wrong, let me get finished before you get mad at me, okay? Because I know a lot of you are on that believing side. I come to church, I can put on the suit, I can act like anybody in this room. I can, I, I'll be honest with you, as a church guy, you, you don't know me. Don't get me wrong, I'm up in front of everybody and so many people... I've gone swimming and I've been, I've been preaching and all these things. I do know that a lot of people know a little bit about me. My, my wife knows a lot about me, just so you know. But I've spent my whole life trying to stay on the believing side. I've been over here many a time. You, you, many of you know the story. I, I was diagnosed with uh, colon cancer. I remember the doctor telling me that and he, he kind of Took him three times before he told me. And I'm like, okay, what's that mean? You know, am I dying right now? You know, he's scared. But I remember walking out of there and knowing that I had to go to chemotherapy, and they wanted to start right away. It was that next week. And they wanted to go after it aggressively. They had just caught it. It wasn't bothering me. I wasn't sick. It was just a checkup. After a few chemo, I had a chemo ball on my hip. I'm trying to go to work with chemo. I, I, to this day, I don't understand what I was doing, but the, 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 the idiot husband, you know, I'm just kidding, the men, that mentality, the malamacho, nobody's taking me down. And uh, I don't know what it was, but after a while, it was, it was home. I remember the phone calls and the texts from this place, the letters, praying for you. Many times I wasn't able to go to church. The good part about that is I get multiple services because yours is early. Uh, I can watch yours and then watch ours. How many times I heard a pastor say, we need to pray for Brother Williams. I know you prayed for me. I'll be honest with you. I'm sure glad I was taught to be a believer. God person. When the health was just not what it should be, I lost some weight and just just had no desire to eat. Brenda, you understand what I'm talking about? Many people in here do. I knew God was going to take care of me. I mean, it's, I'll be honest with you, I, uh, Pastor McCurry, I'd like to say I'm just I'm just going to believe God. They taught me all my life how to believe God, how to trust God. I'm glad they taught me how to be over here. And I'm going to try to teach you how to be there too, even in the midst of something that seems hopeless. I'll be wrong with you. I still have a, a surgery, a liver surgery with cancer that I'll do when I get back. I still have some treatments, and they're still watching. I understand My God's a big God. When I was young, you know, they taught me how to, I need to pray, read my Bible, all these things to be on the believing side. I'm sure glad they taught me how to be on the believing side. I'm not saying it was easy. But I wasn't depressed. My wife knows. I wasn't down. I was irritated. You say, why? Because I wanted to get up and do something. I wanted to lead singing. I wanted to go to church. But did you question God? No. Is that because of me? No. It's because of what I'm about to teach you. It's because I, I, I like doubting Thomas. If I was where he is, if I just didn't, I got to see it. I got to touch it. If I was, if I, if I was there, I'd be on also. <laughs> I'm glad I've been taught my whole life, believe God. Are you having fun up here? Or that stick horse religion. You just kind of do your thing, get your little horse out, ride it around. I, I love this. Think about uh, Christianity. I love the, think about the very Word of God. You see somebody go by on a stick horse, it's kind of funny to me. Okay? You see somebody step up with a sword, they have my attention. That real Christianity, you see, when I step out so many, I know some of you may be intimidated by knocking on a door, telling somebody about Christ. But when you're on this side, really, you step up with the sword. They're the ones that need to be prepared. I have the very word of God as so I step up believing God. The intimidation of the very word of God is so intimidating. I love, I love taking taking the Word of God. But if you're in a crowd and a guy walks up with a sword, okay, and a guy rides by on the the horse, that's your cue, okay? (laughs) I'll be real honest with you. He rides by on the horse. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) This type of religion, many of us are just faking it we're depressed, we're down, you're faithless. I love when I see a Christian that loves God. And they step up, you know, I'm ready. But we're in a war. There's no better way to talk about the Christian life than a weapon like this to think about the very Word of God. I'm in a war. I'm fighting against the devil and the world and what they're trying to do to you and destroy you. The humanism that's put put in our minds is amazing. And how is that going to happen? You know know the passage. You know what it says, that two-edged sword, piercing even sundering. I love to think about the God. He's going to go in there and He's going to fix things. I love the Word of God. There was a day, and there still is a day. I get a little shy at times. But as soon as I'm at FedEx, I know FedEx, and as I'm working there, uh, I have a, a young man comes up. He says, you know, he says, how does somebody know they're on their way to heaven? <laughs> I'll be honest I can help you with that, okay? Man, I'm, I get so excited. You say, what happens? The old sword comes out. You." Yeah. I'll be real honest with you. uh, uh, That stick horse religion, people don't want to be a part of. It looks like a toy. It's not real. (laughs) I was going to bring a real horse in. I didn't think that would work, just so you know. (laughs) That'd be awesome. You would have wrote it in, wouldn't you? (laughs) But that fake Christianity. So I'm going to teach you in the next few moments how to be somebody who's a real Christian. Preacher says charge, whatever it is, <laughs> this group's in. Woo-hoo! Yeah. This group is faithless. This group over here just doesn't, doesn't see it. I love being on the believing side. So how do I do that? If you're not saved today, if you died today, and you could. Well, I'm a good Christian. You know, I go to church every once in a while. I'm a good. I'm a good person. I haven't killed anybody. But if you die without Christ, you go to a place called hell. I don't know about you. I want to help you. If you're not saved, I want you to be on that believing side. So when they talk about this thing of death, it's not something that scares you. Can I help you? We're all going to die. We all get to step into heaven. We're going to spend most of our, most of everything we do is going to be in heaven. This life is but a vapor. It appears for a moment, then it's gone. (laughs) Then it's gone, and I'm in heaven. I don't know about you. I look forward to that. I know I'm in Chico, and I know that I haven't been here the last 22 years as far as serving in the church here, but I look forward to being in heaven with many people in this room. I've served next to you with the old sword. I love the confidence of somebody who believes God. This church needs people who believe God. Young people, teenagers, I know that maybe you don't understand, but I want you to understand. I want you to be somebody that believes God above everything else. Man can tell you one thing, but I'm glad that God tells us the truth. I'll take the stick horse. You can go back and sit down. I'll be nice to him. I know you want me to take him down, but I won't. uh, So let's talk about Thomas, and let's talk about that touch. Six ways I want to give you that God wants to touch you and has given you to be able to have that touch, to go from faithless to believing. Number one, it is the very Word of God. It directs our life, and I love Joshua chapter 1. You ought to read through chapter 1 and again, to let the Word of God be in our lives at all times, it's what takes us uh, from faithless to believing. We should talk it, we should think it, we should use it. The very Word of God is so important. I can't emphasize enough. If I took your spiritual temperature right now, I would want to know how much Bible you read this week. How much Bible you read this week? You say, well, I really didn't have time, or I don't understand it. You need to read the Word of God. It should be a, 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 one of those things. You say, why? Because it takes from faithless to believing. Why, why do you think your pastor has given his life to preach that book right there? To get you on the believe God side. God has given you a book. God has given you a book. Not your pastor. He uses God's book. But God has given you a book to be able to touch him. If you go with me in that story, you say, well, I, you know, I, I will not believe. Well, let me show you. Let me just get you in touch with God Almighty. Let me show you John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who should in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I don't know about you. I'm sure glad I have that everlasting life and I desire that every person in this room could have that. You say, how do I touch God? Number one, it's through the very Word of God. That Word of God is so important. Number two, it's through prayer. Your time to listen to God as I read the very Word of God, but you go to God in prayer. Why do I pray? Why do so many of you not pray? You say, I I just don't believe it. Well, you need to go to your knees. You need to go to God. You need to use this one thing called prayer because when that answer to prayer comes, I was talking, uh, uh, just walking through the auditorium here and I saw the organ and the piano. Saw the plate that's on there about Max Day's mom. See, I remember... Pastor Morrow and myself in the auditorium because we had that little stand-up piano and an organ that was about to fall over, okay? I remember going, and we would get on our knees. We would pray on this side and pray for God. God, please bring us an organ. God, it would enhance, and it would help our music, help our services. I went over here with Pastor Morrow. We prayed at the piano, and we prayed and prayed, and I'll be honest with you, months, It was like a ritual. Every every once in a while, we'd just walk in the auditorium, get on our knees. I remember when Max walked in, and I remember he said, I want to buy you a brand-new piano and a brand-new organ. He said, what would you do as a young guy? I just kind of, my mouth dropped. Wow. He said, what was it? I had a little bit of that faithless thing. But that answer to prayer really took me over here. Look what God did. It's just an instrument. Hey, I remember praying for my dad. God, please save my dad. Please save my dad. I don't know about you. I want to see my dad saved. I was praying. God saved me. Eight years I prayed for my dad. My dad called me on the phone, had trusted Christ. The man that led him to Christ was a, a man in my home church, was a soul winner, and just, just amazing that he led him to Christ. And, oh man, it's easy to be over here and believe God. I had a little touch I had that little touch where I actually touched God in this answer to prayer why would you miss that I read my Bible you say why to take me from faithless to believing I pray why to take me faithless to believing all those basics of life and don't ever take them for granted because they keep you right over there you say well I just don't believe can I help you here then get your Bible out Get your Bible out and touch God. Get your prayer, get on your knees and start asking God and go there and listen to me, yeah, soul winning. Nobody wants to go, okay? I'm gonna go out and knock on somebody's door I don't know, hard telling what's behind that door, that is scary. I'm gonna, I don't wanna do that. But as soon as you knock and knock, somebody bows their head and trusts Christ their Savior. <laughs> It moves you over to the believing side. Listen to this about a man named George Mueller. He says, never begin work without prayer. For more than half a century, I have never known one day when I had not more business than I could get through. For 40 years, I have had annually about 30,000 letters, and most of these I have passed through my own hands. I have nine assistants always at work, corresponding in German, French, English, Danish, Italian, Russian, and other language. Then as pastor of a church of 1,200 believers, great has been my care. I, ha- I have had charge of five or- orphanages. Also uh, at my uh, publishing depot, I am uh, printing and circulating millions of tracts and books and Bibles, but I have always made it a rule never to begin work till I had spent a good season with God. A great prayer warrior, it's, it's, it's always awesome to hear their words. Was he busy? Sound like he was pretty busy. But he always began with prayer. John Arise put it this way in the Bible, prayer is held up as one of the most important things a Christian can do. It's commanded by God God's way is to, it's God's way to give to us. Ask and you shall receive. What a, what a great promise in the Bible to be uh, caught up in the saying of prayer. But what is it really? It's to take me from faithless to believing. Can you, can, can you think with me? I, hopefully I haven't lost you yet, okay? Because I want you to go from faithless to believing. And when you walk out of here, I want you to know when, the faith, the, when you're faithless over here, I want you to know how to get back over here. Prayer is a big one. Number three is church. Physical touch. You come in here, hear the songs of God, the people of God, you hear the preacher preach, you see people trust Christ, you see decisions made. Do do not ever take lightly what's done here in the old church house. When somebody gets saved, it's no big deal, they just talk about it the rest of eternity. What else are you ever going to do that's that way? To influence young people, I I, I love being a part of the church, but you say, what's church all about? And we did not invent church, God did. You say, why? Because he knew you were a doubting Thomas. He knew you needed a place that would take you from faithless to believing. whatever stage in life you are in your Christian life, if you're not saved, listen to me, all I want to do is give you some avenues to get you on this believe God side. I want you to believe God. God is willing and he wants to use you and there is no such thing as uh, atheism. God is a real God and the fool will say there is no God. I'm sure glad that I'm on the believing side. It helped me through some trials in my life and I'm sure thankful somebody taught me that church and that Bible. And, and listen, it's, it's so important to be in prayer and spend time that. The prayers that you put up for me, I'm so thankful for because so many times, and, and listen to me, in the sickness, to be on the believing side, I believe it had a lot to do with the prayers of God's people. My church, my church is tremendous. Uh, they just went out of their way to make fun of my bald head, okay? I remember the first service I walked in, uh, my head was, all the hair was gone. Uh, my eyebrows were gone. Uh, I mean, everything, any hair on my arms was gone. And I went up to the platform to lead singing, okay? And pastor just, just got the biggest kick out of me walking in. And... Uh, Uh, Talking about my bald head. I'm sure thankful I went to church. You see, I I needed to be at church. Isn't it amazing? And Pastor McCurdy has seen this, and if you've been around church any amount of time, when somebody gets out of church that was on this side, amazing how they start becoming faithless. Yeah, I don't believe God anymore. You see, these things that I have to, that God gives me that I can actually touch God and spend time with God. And I the God of the universe wants to spend time with me. These things that God's given me keeps me over here. That, encur- that encouragement church gives me, the maturing that ch- church gives me, the inspiration to go soul winning. You know, it's not your church's uh, place just to go soul winning, it's your church. It's you that needs to go soul winning. Your preacher comes up here, and sure, uh, we ought to be soul winners. I do understand that. But we are here to inspire you to go soul winning. Church is to get you called up. You can't. You can't turn it off. I got to have a track in my pocket. I got to hand somebody. I got to tell them about. I watched many of you take a track out, hand it to somebody, and you ought to be that way. You say, "Why well, church is important." Every dollar you put into this place is a soul. It's a, it, it is invested in the souls of men, into the lives of young people, the lives of teenagers, the lives of bus kids, the lives of, of adults, young marrieds. All that. The, every time you encourage the church, you're trying to get somebody. I'm giving a track out. Why? Because I want to get them on the believing side. I want to, not the faith side. I, I don't want anybody over here. I want them to be over here. Me and my wife have been in the ministry a long time, and God's been very good to us. Uh, we have a very simple life now. We go home. It's just me and her. I just chase her around the house. It's awesome, okay? And, uh, no dogs, no cats, nothing. I don't have horses. Who has horses? I mean, I'm just kidding. And you all know the truth. I love that simplicity. I love spending this time with my wife. I love it when our grandkids come over. I have 11 grandkids. I love it when they come over. They live, uh, many of them, uh, a good ways away. And so they come and they go. Just, you know, they go. And and, and, uh, I like the quietness. But church is here for the fellowship. Church is here to encourage you. It's here to give you that touch of God. The fourth one I want to talk about is soul winning. Maybe you don't understand that term. I'm just talking about telling somebody about Christ. (laughs) I remember when I was a teenager, I got saved. And I had friends that I wanted them to get saved too. But I didn't know what to do. So I would take them to church, literally, drag them over to my youth pastor and say, tell them what you told me. Hey, nothing wrong with that kind of soul winning. You say, you know. Go get somebody, bring them to church. Let your Sunday school teacher or a bus captain, let somebody tell them about Christ. You say, I don't know how to go soul winning. That's a good way. Just invite somebody to church. You say, what's it all about? That touch of God. I'm, I'm serious. I don't know of any time that I've been out soul winning and I'm like kind of dragging, you know. I know you don't do that, but I like, you know, I'm tired, you know, it's hot. I'm in the sun, I'm knocking doors, and then somebody gets saved. Whew. Now I'm ready to go for a couple hours. I, I love it. I, I, I love being a part. Uh, uh, many of you know the name Matt Crotts. I've used an illustration about him for years, but I told him anytime he wanted to go sowing, he just call me and I'll come get you. So he took me up on it. He would just call me on Tuesday, and I'd show up and we'd go sowing I, sure, I loved teaching somebody how to go soul winning. But one day he said this. He says, how do you decide where to go? How do you know where to go? Just say, so you "No, know, with soul winning, there is no wrong door. Okay? That's the, the key to it all. Just go anywhere. You're gonna, it's, it's God working. I told him, I said, well, let's do it. You pray. You ask God to lead us to the right place, and you decide where we go today. I remember I—I I don't know if I could drive to it, but I remember there was a house. It was all by itself. It was in a factory-type area, but just one house. I remember going up, knocking on the door, just like a soul-winning visit. Lady came to the door in tears. I said, "Hi, my name's Kevin Williams. We're from Gospel Light Baptist Church, and this is Matt Cross. We're just out visiting today." And she just—just—just just, just crying. She said, "I was sitting at my table, and I was praying that God would send somebody by." And Matt's standing there going. (laughs) (laughs) He was fired up. I'll be real honest with you. It's amazing how it takes you from here, faithless, over to believing. I can't explain to you. I'll be real honest with you. I I love, I learned how to hunt right here in this place. Not in the church, but uh, (laughs) I went with some of the men right here and learned how to hunt. I love it. There's nothing, adrenaline rush, a deer comes around, you know, I love it. I feel the same about soul, you know. How can it be, how can anything be greater than somebody getting saved? How can I go from faithless to believing, that heavenly vision that God gives us, that good witness it talks about? I just want to be somebody who's putting uh, putting to practice Psalm 126, 5 and 6, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. I love to think about that verse of of going forth and bearing bearing precious seed. I want to be somebody that does that. But why do we do it? It's frustrating. I understand that. But it keeps us on the believing side. It keeps you on that believing side when it comes to believing God. I want you to, to, as doubting Thomas, I want you to reach out and touch God. How can I do that? I can do that through the Bible, through prayer, through church, through soul winning. Now, let me maybe give you a a little more visual aid that I I received basically from my preacher. But I want to show it to you. I think it'll help you. Okay? But I'm gonna need some people to help me. Now Joe took off, just so you know. And uh, did he take off? Where'd he go? Oh, I see. That's an excuse right there. And, uh, I scared him off. I scared. But I need. Uh, let's see. Give me some. Uh, give me at least five. Just men, if you'll do that for me. Can, can you help me? That'd be good, right there. There's two. Give me somebody else. Oh, awesome. I appreciate that. I I will. Okay, I'll. I will. And uh, and uh, okay, that gives me. Okay, uh, I'm gonna give you something to say, and you say it like a man. Okay. None of this squeaky voice stuff, tenor stuff. I'm just kidding. And uh, uh, But I want to hear your man's voice, okay? Uh, uh, you you be go to church, okay? Can you say that for me? Go to church. No, no, I want you to say, go to church. Give me up. <laughs> go to church. There you go. So if I point at you, that's what I want you to say, okay? I want you, you stand right next to him. I want you to say, pray.
0: Pray. One pray.
1: There it is, pray. <laughs> give me that, give me that. Okay, come right over here. And let's uh, we'll make you the giver. G- giving. Can you say giving? Giving. Giving. There we go. I like that. Giving. Uh, let's see. Uh, we'll make you praise and worship. Can you do that for me?
0: Praise and worship.
1: Praise and, praise and worship. I want to hear that man's voice. Okay. And uh, let's see. What, what will we give you? Uh, let's bring you over man's here. Nice. Bring you over here. And we're going to make you uh, a, a, a soul winner. <coughs> soul yeah. winning. Soul winning. There you go. Okay. So he's, he's he's telling people about Christ. He is, he's the one that tells people about heaven, okay? Now get this now. Uh, this guy down here, he, he does what?
2: Go to
1: church. That was, was close, okay? And you do? Right. Right?
2: Giving. Praise and worship.
1: And you're? Oh, wait. There he goes. Are you okay? <laughs> Sorry. Did I get the wrong guy? You probably know. And, uh, I, had to translate. Uh, I had to translate it. I had to translate it. You're in trouble. I ain't going to translate it. So, And uh, I guess now, can, can I just finish it real quick and not spend the whole thing on this? I love going to church. This is all you know, go to church. So if you die today, where would you go? No? <laughs> <laughs> to church? <laughs> That's all I know. If it's all you know, go to church. If you died today, you go to a place called hell, wouldn't you? Because you, you don't know about heaven. All you know is go to church. How about this guy? What's yours? Pray. Pray. Oh, I love to pray. People, they, they, they can say the greatest prayers. But if all you know is how to pray, and you die today, where would you go? Going to hell. You're going to hell. That, going to church is Good. All the things pastor can teach you to go to church is good. All the Bible truth about go to church is good. But if that's all you know, you'll die and go to a place called hell. Prayer. What were you? Giving. Giving. This, we, we don't care if you're on either side. Just make sure you give. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the great truths about giving, and I'll be real honest with you, I love the truths on giving to God. But if that's all you know, and you died today, where would you go? Hell. Oh, man, I can pray. I can go to church. I can give. What was yours? Praise and worship. Praise and worship. I love it. You say, I'm a Baptist. I understand, okay? Don't read the book of Psalms. It talks about praise, just so you know. It talks about worshiping God, just so you know. It's not, it's not a Pentecostal thing or however you want to go there, okay? You come to church and they sing the songs. I love the excitement of the song. I love the excitement of the crowd here. I love the praise and worship. I love that you know how to praise God. But if you die and go to hell, where would you go? You die. You die. Where would you go? I kind of led him there, didn't I? (laughs) This guy here, he tells people about heaven. He knows he's on his way. to. That means if you die today, where would you go? Go to heaven. Is it because you uh, go to church? Is it because you pray? It's because you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, correct? Yes, sir. You say, "What's what's the church's job, right here?" Amen. See, all these things that you know, and I've been a part of them too. They are great truths, but unless somebody knows they're on their way to heaven. These people that may be good church people know how to dress and they don't know Christ. They go to a place called hell because they don't believe on Christ. They're on the faithless side. They know so much about the mechanics of things, but they don't know the God that does them. The touch. That touch is so important. That soul winning is so important to tell somebody about Christ. No matter what counseling I do, it always starts with, do you know Christ as your Savior? I love your preacher and hearing him talk to people and just ask him right away. Before we leave, you won't give them the invitation, but ask them, do you know Christ or are you a Christian? I love those statements. You say, why? Because it makes people stop. <laughs> Pastor, I love it. No matter, we didn't see anybody get saved out there, but those people walked in thinking about Christ thinking about what you said. You can't shut it off. I love soul winning. I love irritating people. I'm just kidding. You say, why is it? I love when God works in somebody's heart. You say, why would you do all this? Because I want to get in touch with God. I love these things. And these things are necessary and we have to have all these things. But if you don't have somebody, if you don't know how to go to heaven, you've lost that. I want to know a moment what heaven. Guys, thank you very much. This saying of soul winning is so important. And if you'll just take a, a simple illustration, the next one is giving. It takes you from faithless to believing. I can't emphasize enough how much to give to God. I want you to be a giver. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Oh, uh, come on. So, you give God $10 and God gives you $100. Whoa. He says, Is that how it happened? Well, again, I just want to be on the believing side and God loves that you give. You can't outgive God. Yeah. Right. Can I challenge you? And I'm challenging the ones that are big givers, but uh, uh, try it. Try to outgive God. give it all. He said, hello, Williams. To see people saved, to see the Bible preached, man, what a great thing to be a part of. But the biggest thing that it's all about, again, in the the tithes, the offerings, whatever God teaches out of his word is that as we give, it takes us to this believing side. The times that I've had this, 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 faithless time, and I'll be real honest with you, to uh, be the illness that I was in, uh, it was easy to believe God. You say, why? Because I was in church, I prayed, I spent time in the... Honestly, these touches are so important to keep me believing. You get out of church, you get away from the Bible, and you wonder why you second-guess God. I don't want to be somebody that second-guesses God. I don't know who you are. Sitting in the auditorium here, I don't know who you are. Can you just believe God? Whatever the subject would be, what helped me is I could reach out and touch God. I know that you say, well, I just want to see. I don't believe it unless I see it. That's what he was saying. And God has given you multiple things because he knew, he knew that you it as well as I do. Difference is I've been in it all my life and they've taught me how to do the things that just keep me over here. Is there ever a doubt? I mean, come on. I'm just like you. So what do you do when you doubt? Go to church. Go out soul winning. Read your Bible. Go to God and pray. Prayer and fasting. I don't know about you. I want God to touch me. I want to be a believer. I don't want to be someone. My wife needs a husband that believes God. You husbands in here that want to let the wife be the believer. I don't know about you. I, as a man, I want to be on that believing side, and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure my family is from here. I want them to be right yeah. That stick horse religion. I love where the Bible says, I am the Lord, I change not. He says, with whom is no variableness. God never changes. God never changes. God is your hope. God is your everything. God is what you need. Can you help me this morning? I know that uh, I'm not sure time-wise where we stop. I'm looking forward to talking and and all the memories. I love to to think about things that will be going on tonight. I believe God. He says, is it a cause of you? No, it's a cause of God. God knew that I needed those touches that would keep me over here. Right. Why do I need to listen to the preacher? To be over here. Yeah. Okay. I love somebody who has a confidence about themselves. Wouldn't it be fun just to be God, even when trials come? Right. How many of you have been through trials and just... You people come in to see you, and there's a smile on your face. I'll be honest. There are many people in here a blessing to me. Uh, I enjoy seeing the Childers. Donovan, y'all are just mean the world to me. All the years I got to come torture you over at your house. You know, shoot muskrats and pheasant and all the different things. All the great memories. You know know what he taught me? He taught me how to believe God. Never missing. I, I just want to be the same. I don't want to change. And I'll be real honest with you. It has a lot to do with what I've been taught in this thing of just touching God. Let's pray here. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your many blessings throughout this last year. But most of all, God, thank you that I was taught to believe you When doubt enters to go to church, to go to your word, what confidence your word gives, what encouragement it gives, that answer to prayer, that somebody uh, getting saved. God, if there's somebody here that's not saved, Lord, I pray this morning they might trust you as Savior. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'll just have you stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If the piano can start playing, I'd appreciate it. Heads bowed and eyes closed. The the altar's open. I'm not sure how you do altar calls, and I'll be real honest with you. If God's dealing with your heart, you need to come down and take care of something. Right now, just out of your seat, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to come down and tell God I'm just going to believe Him. I'm going to be faithful to church. I'm going to start going soul winning. I'm going to start reading my Bible. What it is you need to take care of. Maybe you're not saved. Pastor Nelson's down here. He'd love to take the Bible and show you how to get saved. But I wonder who you are. Are you on the faithless side? Be a good day to just make it a believe God side. Heads bowed, eyes nice closed. The altar's open. If there's something you need to take care of, just do it.